So let us look at Romans chapter 15. I know my message is Romans 16, but it's really a brief uh, encounter in 16. I want to remind you of 15, and so I'm going to go relatively fast, all right? Uh, and the first title is, uh, here is Bearing Others' Burdens. So you want to you do what Jesus says you to do, bear each other's burdens, not I'm sick of you. You know, now, now be honest. Is, has anybody ever had that feeling, I'm sick of you? Come on, it's gonna be, okay, tell the truth and shame the devil. Yeah, I, I've had that too. Now, see, this is what, <laughs> this is what Paul says. He says, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak or the weaknesses of the weak. If you're strong, you don't just say, well, I, I'm strong, baby, and they're just weak over here. I'm leaving. No. You're supposed to bear with us because God is going to make you into what he wants you to be by you bearing. Yeah. You, you, you know, just, if everybody, we were taught wrongly in the 70s, a, a, a lot of wrong things about faith, almost like faith was your escape from reality or something. You know, no, no. When you walk with God, he will walk you through the waters, not just around the waters. He'll walk you through the waters and, and, and there'll be like heaps around you. And you have, you're walking through in faith, knowing any minute, if God just did this, the water's going to drown you. And every one of us has been in situations where we, we thought, this is it. I used to always practice the Fred Sanford model. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm coming, Elizabeth, you know. You know, God, this, is, this thing is too big for me. This is too big for me. I'm going to crater under this thing. I, I'm telling you, you have to walk through things. And so faith is not for avoiding situations, it's for going through. And so if you're really strong, then you ought to be able to put up with some stuff. Are you with me? Oh, wow. So we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples, weaknesses of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Even in a marriage, you don't just get pleased all the time. You know, if you're getting your way all the time, tomorrow, I got a good wife, I'm just saying, it could be the other way around. You know, I got a good wife, you know, you're getting your way all the time, that's shameful. If you, if you always know, sometimes you ought to just, mom, just zip the lip and just yield, man. Or in, in the workplace, just yield. You know, you, you may say, I got a terrible boss, but maybe that boss is saying, I got a terrible employee. <laughs> Are you still with me? We have to bear with some things. That's Christianity. Uh, I, I've been in many, many situations where um, I disagree with people's, uh, the way their views of how to live a Christian life in the world system. And they want to join the world system, and I'm totally against that. But I love the people. And so, where possible, I don't say anything. And then when the Holy Spirit says, say something, I say it graciously. Are you still with me? We're not here to beat down. We're here to show the love of Jesus Christ. That's what we're to do to the world. I, I really believe that you and I will have greater challenges in the days to come, but they, they will be good for us. God will strengthen us more so. <laughs> so he says, let us each please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification, building up. For even Christ did not please himself. That's huge. Christ came to this world and he says, I always do those things that please whom? My father. 
Man, that's the best life to live is to please the Father. And how do I please the Father? By sticking close to Jesus, the Son. And doing whatever the Son says and whatever the Holy Spirit shows us what the Son is doing, then we should do likewise. Wow. You want, you want Christianity? Now, we're out of the, the primer, right? We're out of the primer. We want to go on to maturity. Listen to what he says. Jesus says, he says, for even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. And so a lot of Christians are, are shoving off those reproaches. Like we don't want the repro those who hate God uh, to hate us. We don't want that, do we? No, no. We don't want that pressure. We, we, we join sometimes the group. Uh, we act like the world. We even dress like the world. The world informs us sometimes more than scripture. Well, I'm not saying everybody, but I, I guarantee you, if you have lived any time, the world has informed you of something. So, so it says, those who hated God will hate you. So, you know, it's not like you, ha you don't have faith. No, Jesus had faith, but he says, the reproaches of those who reproach you, Father, fell on me. I took the brunt of their, their madness. Wow. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience of the, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope, might have an expectation of God, might know that God, God is going to come for us. God's going to do something for us. He's going to deliver us. He's going to rescue us. Verse 5 says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind, or that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he wants there to be a unity that is unbreakable, undeniable, in, in the midst of the body, that, that we, what does he say, with one mind, one mouth, saying the same things, basically. Glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you are a representation of who Jesus is. Wow. So let's look at, I'm going to just give you an overview here. Um, I wanted to, let me see. Let, let me read that in, in the ESV because I wanted to, I thought it was a little clearer. Just a little clearer. Yeah, my, my NKJV. Okay, verse 5 in ESV. Little clear, tiny. May the God of endurance. Wow. Sometimes you feel like you can't keep going, right? But, but your God and Father is the God of endurance. <laughs> when you've got Jesus in you, you've got the power, el poder. Yeah. Para vivir. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, the God of endurance and what else? Encouragement. Encouragement. Pouring heart into you. Have you seen athletes uh, when, when they look like they're spent, they can't give anymore, and somebody, they'll give more and give more for a perishable crown. They will give more for a perishable crown. Then you will hear the commentator saying, he's got heart. She's got heart. She's got heart. Heart, heart. And I'll tell you, any athlete will tell you that when, you're, when you're, you don't have anything and you reach into your tank and it's empty, but you find some way to bring something out, those are the winners. Yeah, those are the winners. And then he says that 
God might, the God of encouragement, grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that you, we're living harmoniously with each other. We may see some outer things that are different than, than others see them, but we can still live harmoniously. Yeah. You know, sometimes believers will, uh, uh, and a believer did say this to me once. He says, I says, I'm with Israel. We, we ought to be with Israel, right or wrong? I said, no. I believe like the Baptist deacon that said to me, he says, young man, I was a young preacher. He said, young man, he said, he said, I'm your friend whether you're right or wrong. But when you're wrong, I'm your friend to help get you right. That's the position. We must stand on the truth. And I want to encourage you. This coming year, let's stand on the truth as never before. And let people on the left come to the truth. Let people on the right come to the truth. You have the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so when you got the truth, Jesus, they want to get to the Father, they've got to come through Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. And he says, this is, this is that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And this is what Paul is saying. It says, it says, sometimes we think we're too high and mighty. We think we know too much. We think we're too spiritual. You know, it's true. It's true. I said to somebody who was talking to me one day, and this guy was just saying all these things, all these things. And I said to him, I said, let me tell you something, brother. And I, I wasn't being mean. I said, whenever, whenever, I said, if you never have to hold your nose and make a decision, make a statement, you're the one who stinks. What am I saying? God is elevating us in beautiful ways. It's not just that person over there. It's all of us. And so just, be, you know, you think you're so, you, you smell like, like lilac or something. You know, and, and, uh, and God is just saying, oh, mm, I just want to be your sweet aroma. Mm, no, God will make you a sweet aroma. But let me tell you something. God received you when you didn't smell too good. Yeah. 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 So let's walk this thing out. Let's walk this thing out. So, so let me say a few more things, and then I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get to 16 because... Lyle Lovett said one time, I happened to listen to him. Okay, that's, that must have been the voice of God spoke. <laughs> hey, hey, now, don't defy. Don't defy. <laughs> well, I won't tell you what old Lyle said under that. Not anymore. So, so he tells us to glorify God together. This is what he's saying. You know, I, I, I think, I, I wish I had some young people. Now, when they say throw shade, what do they mean? Help me with that. Kind of, you throw shade on something. You put like put down something. Yeah, put a little darkness there or something. Yeah, but so Paul said he doesn't want you to throw any shade on this thing. He wants you to throw some light on it. And he says, <laughs> he says, let me see. He says, therefore receive one another just as Christ also received you to the glory of God. So he says, Christ, he says that Christ received you or us to the glory of God. And so when Christ received you, it threw light on God. It showed you something about God that, that the world had not seen. Can you ever heard people say things like, how oh, I know so-and-so before he went to church, before he got all churchy, he was bad. Yeah, so are you. Say, so he was bad, you are. 
Are you still with me? So that guy threw some, some light, the glory. He showed some God-likeness on, on the situation, and people recognize, oh, what a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. That's what we're to do. That's what we're to do. And so Paul says, now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant. Listen, amazing. God became a servant to the circumcision. What? For the truth of God. For the truth of God. He became a servant for the truth of God. You and I ought to become servants for the truth of God also. He says, to confirm the promises made to the Father. So Jesus says, I've come to confirm everything God said. And he says, not only that, did he do that to the circumcision? And, don't you love the word and sometimes? Yeah. yeah. And that the Gentiles, that's us, might glorify God for his mercy. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there are nights I, I wake up in my bed and I'm just thinking, God, th thank you. Thank you for saving me. I sure love you. Thank you for saving me because you don't know how big of a mess you were until you're not that anymore. That's what God wants from us. I want us to, we need to go out in this world in this year to come, this, this calendar year to come, and we ought to show who we are in Christ Jesus. That's what God wants from us. Not for us uh, to have a lot of religiosity. You know, we are so pious and religious. Well, I don't, I don't do that. You know, yeah, man. No, no, people don't, don't want you around them like that. You know, we ought to be able to touch something that, that, that uh, doesn't smell so good, doesn't look so good without thinking about how we're going to look and smell. And I, I've given you the, the example of my, uh, we, uh, us, some of us being sometimes really sanctified little kids, sometimes we were some mean little rascals. And, and we would take the little boys and hit them, and so they would chase us, and we'd chase them by the grease trap. Uh, you young people know what a grease trap is. It's in the country, it's where they put the, the dish water and all went to a little sump out there. And uh, after a while, it got gummy and greasy and it was smelly. And the grass grew strongly there, <laughs> but it was smelly. And, and so it was slimy, almost tarish. And I remember we'd get the little kids. They didn't know. They were chasing us. We jumped the grease trap. They'd run right in it. And it just tickled us. And, and, the, and the, we got saved. We got saved. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus saved us. Can you imagine Jesus saving us? Yeah, he saved us. He saved us. And, and, and so, but the moms, the moms would come and they would peck, pick the baby up and rebuke us really sharply. And, uh, and uh, they would clean the baby. And, and they didn't mind the, 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 the stink. They were cleaning their baby. And that's what Jesus has done for you. He's cleansed you. Yeah. So he says, if there's somebody smelly in your sphere, you do the same. Those moms weren't saying, I smell bad. No, they were cleaning their children. Come on, somebody. And so we need to glorify God for his mercy. And so there are many scriptural uh, references there. And let's, let's uh, go down to verse 13 where Paul says, Now may the God of hope, he calls God the God of hope. Can you get that? Is that a big to you? These things just 
you ought to hear me reading my Bible sometimes. I just sneak around. I'm reading my Bible. I'm going, wow, man, Jesus, woo, God, this is big. I, I should write it down. I, I'm going to remember it. I'm going to remember it. You know, uh, and then I come in two days later. I say, God, now what were you saying? <laughs> it's like, wait till the next time, boy. So he calls God the God of hope. So he's a God of endurance. He's a God of encouragement. Now he's a God of hope. Hope. Your faith has no object if you don't have hope. Hope. Hallelujah. Say, now may the God of hope fill you. Now listen to what God's going to do. Fill you with all joy. Now, joy, we, we, we confuse joy and happiness. And they're not the same because happiness comes from what happened. But joy comes from the Lord. Yeah, directly. Doesn't matter what's happening. Your soul is settled in the Lord. And listen, what God wants to do with us. Cause our souls to be settled in the Lord. Doesn't matter what happened. Mm. May, the, may God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and peace in believing. So, so then God will give you peace. He will restore that your brokenness. He will bring you back to wholeness from brokenness. No matter what you have done, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how far you've gone, he will receive you through Jesus Christ, his son. That's huge. And sometimes our conscience is not a good friend and our conscience and our mentality and our experiences will lie to us and say, even God can't forgive you. But yes, he can. Paul, Paul is an example. He says, I was the worst chief of sinners. And how could he say that he was a chief of sinners? Because in the name of God, he imprisoned the people of God. He, he gave his vote when they were, they were receiving the death sentence. He drugged men, women, and out of their homes, men and women. Can you imagine dragging them out and saying, you're a blasphemer? And then he met God. He met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. His album, the chief of sin, I'm the worst of the lot, and God saved me. That's the mercy of God. And Paul says, we ought to receive one another like Jesus received us. It doesn't matter where you have been, how bad you have been, or the things you've done. If you come to Jesus, he will wash. He will wash them far away. He will wash every crimson stain from you. That's the gospel. I know people say, well, I don't know about that. But you haven't read the gospel. Don't read into the Bible. Read out of it. Your experiences. No matter how bad they are, he loves you. He loves you. I told you a story, and I'm going to be really done. I'm going to be done. I mean, D-O-N-E. I told you a story about when we were little kids. They told us that if you had a sunflower, that, uh, that the sunflower, if you, if you saw a girl and, and you liked her, and by the way, our girlfriends, we just held hands, and maybe, maybe, but you just look at each other and smile. That was your girlfriend. If she smiled back, you were her boyfriend. That was, <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was it, man. I mean, it was nothing else. That was it. Because you, you would be beat within an inch of your life, maybe a centimeter. Yeah. Mm. So, so anyway, let me just quickly. They said, you get the sunflower, you go, she loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. When you get to the end, if she says she loves me, that meant that was real. 
And so, so some of us knew how to beat the system. <laughs> she loves me. She loves my. And then we get to the end. We, we, we forget where I count. But Jesus doesn't do that. He loves you. 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 Let me read one scripture. He says, he says, verse 14, he says, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are also, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. And then he says in verse 15, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God, that the grace given to me by God. And so he wants us to know our measure. He wants each of us to know our measure. I, I, I may not have the same measure that some men of God have, but I've got my measure, and I stay within my measure. And one of the problems is, is that when you think that you have a greater measure because you have the gift of gab, you, you can talk well. And so you think, well, I've got this anointing from God to change things. No, you don't. Stay within your measure. You don't have to go around rebuking everybody and going around giving your opinion as though it is the word of God. It's not. And this is what God wants us to stop doing. And he wants to, I want to just revisit quickly. He wants you to recognize you're part of a body. And, and, and this coming year, we're not going to practice self-amputation. You know, you, you get a word from God, a private word. God doesn't tell your pastor. He doesn't tell your group leader, the people you're Zooming with. He doesn't tell anybody. And then you get a word from God that you need to do something, and you don't tell anybody you do it. That wasn't capital G-O-D. It was little G-O-D, God of this world. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. I want to go quickly to, I want to go quickly to, to uh, Romans 16, chapter 16. This is primarily, Romans 16 is primarily Paul saying some things. Uh, he is commending people. And here you can get a lot of theology in 16. I don't feel like it is my purpose to, 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 be, to wax theological so deeply here, but I want to give you some understanding. This is a situation where men have come up with things they say are of God and they're not of God. And we have really not use the benefit of the body uh, for the furtherance of the body. I never ever say that I believe that God has given men headship. I do. It's scriptural. It's all over there. But God also wants you to know you have a head. And, and I'll tell you what, God, God, that Jesus is your head. And so that means you can't mistreat uh, your wife because you have headship and expect for Jesus to be pleased with you. That's, that's really ridiculous. You can't relegate this female to a position because some denomination did it, and then you think God is pleased with you. But, but, but in this last days, the, the sons and the daughters are prophesying. But you still, uh, if I may say, sister, you must know your measure. You must know your measure and stay within your measure. Brother, you must stay within your measure. Just because God used you to prophesy, you don't just go all over the place and try to take the microphone from the pastor. You don't do that kind of stuff. So we want to do everything decently and in order. Yeah, and in order. Let me read to you. I've got about, if this thing says two minutes and 11 seconds, and I'll probably take two more, so let's read verse 1. I commend or I introduce or I present to you Phoebe, our sister. Starts off with chapter 16. He's introducing this woman who is a servant of the church in Sincrea. 
that you may receive her. Tell them the church, receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, not just of the women, but of the saints, and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. This is the apostle Paul, a man who was on his way to Damascus, saw Jesus, shut him down, knocked him down in the dirt, blinded him. The light was so brilliant. And when he looked up, he says, who are you, Lord? Who are you, sir? Who are you, mister? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He, he didn't, he had no encounter with Jesus, but he was messing with the people. He was messing with the body. This is the, this is the one who was the apostle of apostles. He, the Holy Spirit allowed him to say, I labored more than they all. That's big. The Holy Spirit would say, you can say it, Paul. You can write it down for posterity. And what about Peter? What about Matthew? What about uh, the other brothers, James and John? What about him? He says, I uh, labored more abundantly than any of them. But it wasn't me. It was the grace of God. It was the measure God gave him. And so God wants to increase your measure. We can't increase your measure because you're always trying to increase your measure. I never wanted to be anything but a pastor's assistant. So all I wanted, I thought, if I'm a pastor's assistant, I can really help. And it all came from when my friend beat me out for class president. And I became the vice president. And he resigned because he said, you're the real president. I said, no, you're the real president. He said, you're the real president. I'm resigning. And I always said, I never was the president he was because I didn't have somebody like me to do all the work. And so, so I, I wanted to be a helper, and God says, no, I want you to be this. This is what it's saying. Now, listen to what he says. Helper in whatever business she has need of you, for indeed she has been a helper of many and of myself also. This woman was legendary. Look at verse 3. Greet Priscilla. What is all these women doing here? Greet Priscilla and Aquila, listen, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, listen to what this woman did and her husband, who risked their own necks, that's not a metaphor, for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also to all the churches of the Gentiles, I give thanks. This is a Jew, a completed Jew, and he says, I'm giving thanks to all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house, in their house. Greet the church that's there. Greet my beloved Epinetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. Greet another woman, Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Adronicus and, and Junia, another woman, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow work in Christ. Greet Stachys, my beloved, greet Apelles, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodion, my Herodian, my countryman. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Trophos, Trophosa, 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 who have labored in the Lord. Greet beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. So says his mother, and greet my mother too, because these people have been giants in the faith. Can you see that? Can you see that? Uh, bear with me just a, a tad long, a tad long. 
He says, greet them. And so all of this is brought down to, it's almost like, like a hall of fame, something. You know, these people didn't, did, not, did not value their own lives above the lives of others. Risk their neck. Wow. It says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Holy kiss now, holy. The churches of Christ greet you. And then he says something that's hard for us to get, but let's get to verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned and avoid them. You don't have to do that subjectively. You can do that objectively. And then and that is that, that leadership ought to be in, a, in agreement with that. For those who are of such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech uh, deceive the hearts of the simple. So he says that these people who are just out for themselves, doing their own thing, they hear from God, they don't care, they're part of a body, and they'll hear something from uh, a God, small g-o-d, and just run away, you know, you, you think, where's so-and-so, where's the, well, they got a, a vi- had a vision. They, they got a word. That, that's wrong. Yeah, you can get a word. I've gotten words too. When I got a word to pastor, you know what I first did? I went, I told my wife, you know, we worked it out. <laughs> yes, I'm still standing. <laughs> We worked it out, and then I went and talked to my pastor. And I said, Pastor, this is what God told me, and I would like your blessings, Pastor. That's how it worked. Now listen, for your, he goes on to say, for your obedience has become known to all. Your Christianity, your walk with God has become known to all. This is, these people are the real deal. Come on, please. I'm done. I'm almost done. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And this is what's going to happen. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. This is what he's saying. You be be obedient and then walk in what is wise, what is good, and be simple concerning evil. And this is what God's going to do. As you keep walking, walking out your Christianity, God's going to crush Satan under your feet. All you're doing is walking and walking, and Satan is being crushed as you walk this out. And then he, he ends by saying, he talks about Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, my countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Now, now Tertius didn't write Romans. He was the, the guy who wrote it, scribe. You know, he wasn't. Paul dictated. Gaius, my host, and the host of the whole church, greet you, greets you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you. And Quartus, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now, this is what Paul says, and this is what I want to say to you. Now, to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began but now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment 
of the everlasting God. For obedience to the faith, to God alone wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Jesus Christ, the church, the church. There's a mystery. There's a mystery. The Gentiles would be fellow heirs to all the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Give us about five minutes. We'll be back. And we're going to be, we're going to bless you and let you go.